today's show, our guest is seriously TikTok and Instagram famous, the funny man behind Carla from Bankstown. We speak about how it was growing up in Bankstown and coming out and what it was like to win 40000 for their charity on Celebrity Apprentice. Benjamin James, a.k.a. Carla from Bankstown, welcome to LGBTI Conversations. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Now, you grew up in Bankstown. Can you tell us a little bit about growing up as a young child? Well, I mean, where do I begin? I mean, when I was growing up in Bankstown, there was a lot of, I guess, controversies around Bankstown and, you know, we always kind of get a bad rap or things in the media and all that kind of stuff. You know, growing up for me in Bankstown, it was good. Like, I, I had a really good, close, you know, childhood friends that we all lived around the same kind of street. So we all hung out every day and got to see each other. And yeah, it was it was a lot of fun living in Bankstown. There's so many different cultures, so many different like ethnicities in Bankstown. So it's just like a like a melting pot for for everyone to to come together and support each other. And yeah, it's it, it's it's a lot of fun in Bankstown. And how was going to high school during that time? I mean, high school wasn't really the experience for me. I guess a lot of queer people in general can kind of relate to you know not fitting in in high school and not being able to to find their group of people. And you know, for me especially, I was going to school in Bankstown and it was an all boys school, so it was kind of like. I wasn't really out to myself at that point. So I was still kind of like discovering who I was as a person and kind of discovering who who I wanted to be and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty tough for the first like three, four years of high school before I ended up, you know, moving and changing schools uh, because of like the bullying and things like that. So for me, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really enjoy the first part of high school. The last part was good because I wasn't at the all boys school. So <laughs> I made a good group of friends with, with all the girls at the co-ed school that I ended up at. School in Bankstown just wasn't, you know, if any kind of difference that you had, whether it be like a different haircut to everybody else or different taste in music or just anything in general, you were just like a target straight away. So yeah, it was a bit a bit tough for me growing up. And when you were at the all boys school, did you start yeah. having feelings that you weren't the same as the other boys? Yeah, it kind of just like, I guess dawned on me, I guess I, I might've been maybe like, maybe like 13, 14, where I just kind of thought, I just don't really feel like I fit in with, you know, the typical boys at school that, you know, want to play sport all the time and want to, you know, talk about girls and all that kind of stuff. I was kind of like keeping to myself and doing my own kind of thing and trying to find people that same interests as I did. So yeah, I guess I kind of figured it out for myself. To be honest, I was very scared at first to even think like, what what if I am gay? Like, what, what's going to happen? Because, you know, there wasn't a lot of queer representation on TV or in the media and you didn't really, there wasn't really anything that I could relate to that could kind of get me through it. So it was just, it was kind of daunting a little bit in the beginning because I just kind of felt I was already a target because, you know, the boys already found ways to make fun of me for my weight or how I looked and things like that. So it was just another thing that I was like, I don't know whether or not, am I going to come out? Do I have to? Like, I don't want it to be, I don't want to become an even bigger target than I already am. Yeah, so true. And school is hard and children are very cruel, as we know. We've all been children. (laughs) (laughs) Children are very, very cruel. I mean, look, sometimes it can be a good thing. They can be very honest and Sometimes you need that honesty, but it gets to a certain point where you're just like, maybe you should just keep your opinions to yourself and not say anything. (laughs) And coming out to your family, how was that experience? There's always this big thing like, you know, when you're a queer person that you have to come out and you have to tell people you know who you are and I think it's such a obviously it's a it's a huge moment for a queer person to to come out to their friends and their family and things like that to you know I guess reveal who they really are but at the same time it's such a weird concept to think that we have to let people know this is who we are it's just such a weird concept to think that 
you don't see straight people or, you know, heterosexuals saying like, oh, I've got something to tell you, I'm straight. And, you know, everyone reacts differently. It's just, it's such a weird thing to think about that you have to come out. And I guess for me, with my family, like, so I came out to my sister first and got really emotional because I, I just wasn't sure how she was going to take it. And I just didn't know, you know, how she was going to perceive me, if her opinion of me was going to change. And, you know, because I still am very close with my sister. And when I told her, she was just like, I know it's okay. Like I've I've known for a while. Like I, you don't make it any obvious by you know putting wigs on and dressing up and you know having a having a laugh and things <laughs> like that. I was like, oh okay, I know. And then um, talking to mum about it as well. Mum was very like I already knew from a young age. You used to walk around the house singing Spice Girls and playing with Barbie dolls. So I think we kind of already knew <laughs> from a yeah. young age that this is who you were. So it is very strange what you say about we having to come out and say who we are because you're right it's something that shouldn't have to be that way for some reason in our society we feel that well yeah we have to and and straight people don't have to and it is uh it is quite strange i've always found that strange myself so i'm glad there's someone else in the world that thinks the same way as i do it's just such a weird concept to me that we have to get our friends and family together and tell them that this is the life that we want to live but at the same time it's like why should we shouldn't even have to tell people it's our business people should just take us for who we are and then that's it we don't we shouldn't have to put labels on things and make it harder for anybody else such a weird concept to me but I guess that's what we have to do so (laughs) otherwise people are left guessing and my dad especially when I came out to him he the first thing he said to me was well I kind of already knew I mean look at all the friends that you hang out with like you're you're very eccentric with your friends and all that kind of stuff so I was like okay this is cool no worries but you know very happy to have a a very supportive family I guess and it is funny you say that you have this secret inside that you think no one else knows growing up Mm. and through things you do and everyone's there going yep they're gay and you're thinking oh I've kept this perfectly quiet and then you do say oh by the way I am gay and they go oh yeah we know yeah it's like, oh, God, I'm not winning a Logie for this performance. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, at least we can oh laugh. That's it, exactly. I think at the end of the day, that that's what you have to do. Like, you have to just put, put some humour into everything that you do and just not try to take things so to heart all the time. I think we, we kind of get lost with, like, within the news and the media and everyone making out, like, everything is the end of the world and everything's coming down on us. But at the end of the day, like, we just need to stay positive and be happy and just... If it is the end of the world, then why not be happy? Why are we wasting our time worrying about what other people think about us? Why not be gay? Exactly, be gay. Tell people I'm gay and they don't like it. At least I know that there's a there's a straight bar somewhere with a group of girls on their hands tonight that love gay people that would, you know, welcome me in with open arms and have a drink with me. So I think we're safe. And it's so funny you say that when all the girls gravitate towards the gay guys and the straight guys yeah. are there scratching their heads going, what does that guy have that I don't? They have yeah. no idea. It's like... <laughs> We're not trying to get into their pants. That's probably why. No. But they just all gravitate towards the gay guys and they love us yeah. and they feel comfortable. And the poor straight guys are still there going, I don't understand. Yeah, poor straight guys. <laughs> they might learn one day. We could, we can only hope and pray for them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True. Now, you did a lot of charity work and you actually went on uh, Celebrity Apprentice Season 8 yeah. with Lord Sugar. Tell us a bit about yeah. that. <laughs> it was one of the more crazy things that I've done in my life and I absolutely don't regret it at all. It was probably one of the best things that I've done. It was so fun. It was just really, I mean, at first it was a little bit daunting. I kind of thought to myself, 
felt like, am I actually going to be doing this? It was very out of left field for, you know, like a TV company like Channel 9 Network to kind of take a chance on someone who's become a big thing during lockdown and who does drag and he's a queer person, person of colour, all that kind of stuff. So it was just a really nice thing to, to be a part of because I got to show Australia who Carla is and show Australia who Ben is and, you know, make people laugh and smile. It was an end and also raise a lot of money for charity too. So that was probably, you know, one of the better things coming out of it was I got to raise, um, I think I raised like $40,000 for my charity, which was something I thought I would never do. I, I loved it. And who was your charity that you uh, raised the 40000 So the charity that I chose was 2010. So they're a Sydney-based um, LGBTQAI plus organization, just a small one in Sydney. And they, they help out, um, you know, queer youth, trans youth, finding them housing and helping them out with like mental support, getting groups together to talk about different issues that are going on and mentors and things like that. So something that was really close to me because I never got to have that, I guess, mentorship when I was in school. I never really got to talk to other queer people and I didn't really know a lot of other queer people to talk to. So it was good to choose a charity that can give back what I couldn't get when I was in school. Paying it forward for the, the next generation. That's it, exactly. I think we need to, you know, we need to make sure that our precious queer youth are taken care of because they're the future. And I think also we forget that things are getting better for the LGBTIQ plus community, but it is yeah, still a struggle. Definitely. I mean, look, we, we have come a long way since, you know, not being able to even tell people that you're that you're gay, tell people that you're queer at all. But I feel like we still have a long way to go with a lot of things. But slow and steady wins the race is the same, I think. So we hopefully in the next 20, 30 years, we'll have a prime minister, you know, who's a queer person that's going to run this country. Now, Carla from Bankstown, where did that idea come from? Well, I mean, look, Carla is, uh, I like to tell people that Carla kind of just spawned out of a Uber Eats trash bag filled with McDonald's and charcoal chicken. <laughs> she just kind of manifested into this like this big cultural thing that's kind of taken over. For me personally, like I've always done voices, I've always done characters, I've always been like class clown and you know, always I'd love comedy is something that I think not only myself, but a lot of queer people kind of use to mask how they're really feeling. That's why drag queens are so good at reading people and, you know, gay people are so good at giving it back people. So I think, like, for me, the comedy was such a big thing for me to do. And um, my friends and I were hanging out at McDonald's in Bankstown one night and this group of girls came in and they were, you know, just typical from Bankstown, added us track boots, makeup done up, even though they're just going to McDonald's <laughs> with the hair extensions and the big lips and big eyelashes. And we used to play this game that was kind of like, like, you know, what's your name, what's your story kind of thing. So they'd always get me to, you know, if I spotted someone and just kind of like make up a name for them, what's their story, what do they do, that kind of thing. And these girls came in and were talking to us and when they left, they said, oh, what's her name, what's her story? And I was Carla from Bankstown. And then I just kind of like started doing the the character from there and very rough Carla in the beginning when I first started. I never shaved my face before. I'd never done any kind of makeup whatsoever. So I was like trying my hardest to, you know, I was using Sharpies to color in my eyebrows and using like red textures to color in my lips because I never had you know makeup and didn't want to ask my mom if I could borrow hers very rough around the edges but I think Carla's definitely had a glow up in the last you know couple of years of being on social media and learning how to do makeup so it's been very good to show her off to the world I guess. Because I was going to say that was there someone that reminded you of Carla? Everyone always asked me like who's Carla after or who's what's Carla's religion or what's Carla's ethnicity or you know all that kind of stuff but for me, like, I never really delve into 
that kind of stuff too deep. I kind of just think you just take it for face value and you just kind of like, it's just a character. And I think Carla is just a manifestation and, you know, a, a whole bunch of different people that I grew up with, a whole bunch of girls that I knew back in high school and back in the day that, you know, think they're tough shit and, you know, don't really care what people think about them. But, you know, they've got like the ruddiest, longest hair and the really big false eyelashes and they just kind of like think that they're the hottest person in the world. And I think that's, you know, Carla just takes that on and, you know, shows the world that who cares what you look like, who cares, you know, who you are, who you love is just be yourself and that's it. Did you ever think the uh, TikTok Carla would just blow up like it did? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. I mean, I think Carla would say that she always knew that she was destined to be a star. I think <laughs> Carla's always <laughs> trying to get into the spotlight and, you know, for me as well, like I've always... It's such a weird thing, but like every time New Year's came around, my New Year's resolution, I was always like, oh, I'm going to be famous one day. And I, re- you know, my New Year's resolution is to become a TV star and be on TV or radio or whatever the case may be. And I guess once when lockdown happened, that's when I kind of thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity while people are sitting at home scrolling through their phones and not having anything else to do. Let's just bring back Carla and start doing some, you know, stupid shit on the internet. And I guess definitely paid off because I'm sitting here now, you know, doing TVs and TV shows and radio interviews and making music and, you know, going to events and things like that. And it's just kind of like come full circle for me. Now we've spoken so much about Ben. I'm sure yeah. Carla's in the background and she's probably getting a bit peed off now because it's all about yeah, her really. She's, yeah. She's giving me the evil eye over here. I can see her looking at me. Let me oh, I'll go and grab her for you. Give me one second. <laughs> Hello. Carla, how are you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. What are you doing, Bob? I uh, was interviewing Ben, and um, he said that you're oh. giving him evil eyes over the, uh, over the lounge there. So I thought oh, we'd better speak to you. Yeah, bro. Look, he's just, he's out of control, but like, he always wants to talk on my behalf, bro. But, you know, I'm, I'm the, he's the brains. I'm the beauty of the whole operation. So if you want the real talk, bro, you've got to ask Carla. That's it. I was going to talk about beauty, actually, Carla, because where do you get your inspiration to do your um, your eyeliner? It's pretty amazing. Oh, bro. I, you know what? When I first started doing my makeup, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I used to just use, you know, like, you know, the cigarette ash from my cigarette spray and just make it into a little paste and paste it on my eyes and make it look hot. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched a lot of Drag Race. And, you know, um, I just love watching them and the Kardashians are a huge inspiration for Carla. So I guess it just kind of like manifested over time of just wanting to look, you know, my best always. Now, are you still working for the Premier's office or have you moved on? I'm only working part-time with that Gronk bro. Dominic Perrottich, he just, he pisses me off big time. Like he just, whenever, whenever I'm there, it's always like, you know, I'm always like, all right, what do you want me to do today? And it's always like, oh, you got to go pick up the kids from school or you got to go, you know, watch the kids for me this afternoon. I've got a meeting with, you know, Pauline Hanson or whatever. I'm like, bro, I'm not Mary Poppins. I don't have time for this, bro. I don't care. Like, I don't want to look after your kids, but I'm working part-time with him. And then the, in the meantime, I'm just, you know, at home looking hot and um, just trying to find, you know, another job because I really just don't want to work for that grunk anymore, to be honest. <laughs> so you've actually also been singing. I have saw a video clip on oh, YouTube. Oh, my God, my music. That's what I'm trying to be like the next Samantha Jade or, you know, the next Paulini, Young Beavers. That's, the, you know, that's my inspiration. So I've got music out. I've got a song out called Gronk. It's like one of my favorite tracks I've done, and it's just so fun. Like I love music. I love just talking shit. So why not make it into a song? You know what I mean. But it makes some money from it. 
Well, this is exactly right. Is there an album coming out? Can we look forward to that? I am in the middle of creating some more music, so hopefully there will be maybe a Carla album out by the end of the year. If not, maybe I might do like a little Christmas song or something, like you know, like uh, like a Christmas Gronks or something like that. You know, Santa Claus coming down my chimney, something like that. You know, we will wait with bated breath. I think <laughs> absolutely, bro. Now, if you could tell your younger self, Carla. Mm-hmm. anything, what would it be? What's the inspiration you've got out there to give to all the young LGBTI people growing up? Well, look, uh, if I was talking to my, my younger self, not the queers, you know, my, my beautiful community, if I was talking to myself, I would say make sure you start waxing your back and your upper lip as soon as you can, bro. Don't leave it too long because it's going to get too hairy and it's <laughs> going to be too hard to do, you know, because you're going to have to find a beautician real quick, bro. Don't don't leave it to the last second when you turn 30 and, bro, and your back's hairy. Don't do that. Um, but for everybody else, I would say be yourself. Don't out what you want to do and how you're feeling because at the end of the day the only person you can rely on is yourself and if people don't like that bro then they're not worth your time they're not worth the effort of trying to get them to like you you just need to be yourself and just keep going with whatever you're doing carla from bankstown thank you so much for coming on today's show oh my god thank you okay now i'm gonna have to say goodbye to you and get ben back on the phone if that's okay Uh. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hello. We were just speaking to Carla from Bankstown. She's a lovely lady. <laughs> oh, I can hear her. I know exactly what she was saying. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today's show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Any chance I can get to spread happiness and joy and hope for our community, I love to do it. It's one of my favourite things to do. Thank you so much. We need that joy in our lives for sure, more now than ever. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. Thank you so much for having me.